0: Citizen sleuths are focusing on the brutal slayings of four college kids. A new Paramount Plus original docu-series.
1: This is the start of something major.
0: Follows online detectives as they unravel the mystery of the infamous Idaho college murders.
1: There's plenty of places to hide a weapon.
0: And turned it into a social media phenomenon. Quit as a roommate. It yeah. is a huge night. I want the truth from you. Hashtag Cyber Sleuths. The Idaho Murders. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Scott Frost era at Nebraska is over. I am Mike Schaefer, joined by Michael Brunts, Brian Christopherson. We are Husker 24-7, and it is Sunday, September 11th. Scott Frost is out. Trev Alberts, Nebraska, announced it Sunday afternoon. Mickey Joseph will take over as the interim coach. Let's start with the end for Scott Frost. Last night, we were all at Memorial Stadium, we watched Georgia Southern drive the field, score that touchdown. We watched Nebraska attempt to tie it up on the field goal. There was a miss. We watched that press conference. Two players spoke. Scott Frost spoke. Did you guys have an indication last night? Did it beyond the obvious? And and I think it's felt like this has been over for a while. But did you think that it would be over as of noon on Sunday?
2: Brunts? Uh Based on what happened on the field last night, it should have been. I mean, I think the reason that I would have said no was so much has been placed on that October 1 date and redoing the buyout that I figured, okay, well, you have Oklahoma, you you have the buy. And, you know, that was probably when it was going to happen. But I I think last night it felt over. I mean, that that felt like the swan song for everything is – Player, the way the players ran off the field, Scott Frost's tone in that press conference. I mean, I, I, I don't know with the current situation, or not, not, not current, current, but last night's situation, how how that team was going to pick itself back up and get ready for Oklahoma. Like you, you kind of needed to do something here to to get a little bit of uh, a little bit of juice back.
1: Brian. Yeah, I can't remember uh, which president it was, but somebody was having a bad go in the White House, and uh, Walter Cronkite turned on him like publicly, and he said, we've lost Cronkite. We've lost Middle America, basically. It's over. And I, weird start to what I'm saying, I know. But I felt like Dublin was like that Cronkite moment. You know, like they'd lost the, the, the crowd that was sort of like, come on, give them a shot. Uh, this thing can turn. They got the new hires. Let's see how this goes. I felt like that really tilted everything. Um, and then it was just like no margin for error going forward. And with a defense like Nebraska has, they can never – the problem is Nebraska can never pair these things up right. Like they never have the offense and the defense working at the same time. One gets going, the other falls, and then they switch. And so, uh, yeah, it last night it felt for sure over. It was just, as Brunt said, a question. Is it going to wait till October 1st? Which is a good question. We'll get more on today with Trev Alberts in the press conference. Um, Like, why now? What does that mean with the buyout language? Is there a way around that? You know, some of that stuff, I think, still needs to be sorted out.
0: Yeah, I I don't know that we have the time for you to explain who Walter Cronkite is, but uh, (laughs) it'll be fun to see what percentage of listeners have to Google that as they're they're listening along right now. So Mickey Joseph is now the interim coach and we'll we'll get retrospective with Scott Frost but I want to kick this forward right off the bat. Mickey Joseph, now Nebraska's head coach, do you expect any other changes
1: potentially announced along with that? I don't I don't really know. I mean, I know the defense is an eyesore right now, but it's pretty hard to do midstream. Like what are you going to do? Bring an entire new defensive staff three games into the season. That's not very easy to do. Um, It's not like, I understand everybody's really down on Eric Chenander right now after what happened last night. It's not like the guy hasn't coached some decent defenses um, in the past and doesn't know a thing or two. I think he does. So I think you got to go with what you got if you're Mickey and just hope Maybe you get a morale boost. It's it's weird to say, and you hate to say it when a coach loses its job, but sometimes there's that part of something changed here within the walls. Let's see if we can kickstart this. I like saw AJ Allen with a tweet like, you know, control what you can control, Control. let's finish. I mean, I, I sort of think it was going to be a really bad dead man walking situation this week with a national audience with Frost in Oklahoma. And I think that's a big part of why this happened today, to avoid all of that with all eyes on this and just can't think about what it would have been. It would have been 100 camera shots of Frost looking down, you know, if that score gets out of hand. So I think that's a big reason why uh, they did what they did. And Mickey's got a personality in a a way that this fan base already really likes. So I think he's going to be a popular guy for that position.
0: Brunts, we've seen at other programs, other blue bloods, even if you will, where um the interim coach comes in and the season isn't completely lost. Like you're you're able to to kind of turn things in the right direction. Nebraska's got a lot to fix. But do you think Mickey Joseph has the kind of personality and the that he can get a collective buy-in, that he can get guys from checking out, that he's gonna take the accountability that we've heard so much about? over the last
2: five years and it might actually matter moving forward in this program yeah it's interesting I mean I you have Mark Whipple on staff I mean he's he's been a head coach um, and and they went with Mickey and I think part of that is personality like you said I think that he's a guy who relates really well to players on both sides of the ball I mean he's not just kind of tunneled in on wide receivers and What's there? I mean, he has the title of associate head coach. He did. Um, I think that matters a little bit. I think that Trev also has a little bit of trust in Mickey. I mean, if you kind of parse out the way that Trev has talked about Mickey um, when he's talked about him in the media, it it sounds different than Nebraska's other assistants. And I, I think you know, th- this team needs a little bit of swag. They need a little bit of confidence and a little bit of energy. I mean, it's just been a, a beaten down group for so long that, you know, maybe you, you do kind of shake things loose a little bit with this change. Guys play a little bit more freer. Um, I mean, even saw that last year when Nebraska uh, completely retooled its offensive staff. It seemed like there was a little bit of a house money field of things. So, you know, they're, they're still, you know, a lot of the season left, you can still get to a bowl game. I mean, I, I, I think you, if you're Trev, you probably were thread the needle a little bit on one hand, you, you probably didn't want to pay the the extra buyout. You also didn't want to completely sink a 2022 season. That's only a, a quarter of the way done. So uh, I, I think Mickey's a good choice to kind of ferry this thing to, uh, to the conclusion. Yeah.
0: I wrote last night with input from you guys the the things that just led to the the demise for Scott Frost, uh, and we basically summed it up as, you know, the lack of identity throughout five years, problems with discipline, uh, and the lack of player development. I mean BC of those three things, which do you think ultimately which which maybe shined out more for you? Or is there something else that you think resulted in in how we're here today in early September in the fifth season under
1: Scott Frost
0: and he's no longer part of the program
1: I would say probably lack of discipline stands out the most and by that I mean you just didn't expect Nebraska to be a high IQ team in certain moments you kind of always thought they would fall back to the wrong thing when put in a a difficult spot and um I think at first everybody viewed the close game thing as sort of, and I understand it as a thought, like they're pretty, you know, they could turn the corner here. If you're going head to head with Michigan and some of these guys, there's sort of that vibe. Like you do got, you kind of think like if they could change one or two things, who knows what this could be. But at a certain point, there's just enough data that you are what you are. And you got to bring it back to the fact that something is just not computing in the way between player and coaches, it, it whatever just in in like making that come to uh, be something that looks good when it counts in those crucial moments. I mean, the biggest thing I can say that's damning and is I remember was it like two years ago or whatever when they were uh, at Purdue against a bad Purdue team and Nebraska took the lead late and Purdue had like their third string quarterback. It might have been. Yeah, it's starting now. So he's turned out all right. But at the time, he was like, you know, like, what are we, come on. And he had to go 75 or 80 yards. I remember standing next to you, Schaefer, and saying, they're going to go score. Like, you just felt that way. And last night, on the fourth and two, the defense had a chance to salvage the night. And when they completed that pass, still 60 yards away, mind you, I was like, they're going in. Like, and I think that's what everybody felt. And that was the way the era felt. And I hate to pile on a guy when he's down, because I do think Scott Frost cared a whole lot about being the guy to make this program great again. But, you know, at a certain point, that you just erode all uh, trust that you're going to get it done and you lose the benefit of the doubt. Yeah,
0: I I completely agree. Completely agree. Brunts where, where do things kind of fall for you in that perspective?
2: No, I thought BC summed it up pretty well. I mean, I think... You know the the development aspect of it, which you kind of hit on in that that column. I think is an important one. I, I don't know that Nebraska really ever established a foundation. Um, you know, you, you didn't have those foundational guys that you could build around. Um, you know, you a, a lot of that COVID class, you know, didn't do many favors by leaving. You know the there there are just so many missteps in, in that area. Not enough of the, the the kind of development I think you need to have at a place like Nebraska. You need you need like you, you, the linemen to start clicking three years into their career. You need defensive linemen to be the same way. And it just never felt like year to year there was enough continuity there. That's a big one for me. And and I think Brian's right just about you know the mindset. You know for as much kind of. Swag and bravado as, as that coaching staff came with from UCF, and, and deservedly so. I mean, that, that was a hair on fire, aggressive, in-your-face team. It, it just never played out that way uh, when it came to Lincoln. And, it, and even this year, I mean, it's just felt, especially on defense, this is a, a group that's on its heels. It, it's not dictating the game. And at a place like Nebraska, um, it, it's just inexcusable. Um, and I, I think you kind of need to get that mojo back and whoever you go and get to be the next head coach. There's just, uh, y- you just need a complete reset. And I think you also got to kind of get away from the, the mindset that it has to be a Nebraska guy. I wholeheartedly agree with that last comment.
0: I, I think for me, one of the defining things, especially when Frost would talk in the last few years after some of those losses is he would keep referencing how things just had to happen for them that, you know, they were snake bit, that he'd seen the same movie before. It was like he couldn't process the idea that he and Nebraska had to go make these things happen, that no one was just going to give them the win for showing up and playing hard and competing against Michigan State, and that the bad luck was just this cloud following them around. It always sort of felt like, in a weird way, a guy who uttered the phrase, no fear of failure, spent a lot of time fearing failure and not seeking out or finding ways to go and do things. I mean, I I just, if you keep doing the same things and expect different results, there's only one variable that, that exists in that, that doesn't change and it's you. And ultimately that caught up with Frost. I mean, and it's not that they didn't try out other things, obviously you fired most of the entire offensive coaching staff. And right now the offense isn't the problem, but Uh, For whatever reason, everything else just seems to add up to it. So, you know, it was a a combination of those three things. The identity, uh, they just never really felt like they had one. They didn't have a base that they could build upon. And that leads into the development where, again, you don't have a base that you can build on. And then discipline. For as much as you talk about culture and leadership and accountability, so many things would happen on a Saturday that were just inexplicable. And you think to yourself, how in the world is this happening? And then the next Saturday, you'd see it again. I mean, I I will not forget sitting in the hotel room before Nebraska plays Illinois in 2021, and BC and I are watching 2019 Nebraska-Iowa and all of the things that we saw in that game that then turned around and happened in 2021. I mean, dumb stuff like catching a punt inside the five-yard line. Just horrifically bad defense in certain moments inexplicable penalties or, or, you know, things of that nature, just over-reliance on Adrian Martinez, all of it sort of added up. And, you know, it, it wasn't at that point, I was already fairly skeptical, but then from there, it's like, we've seen this, this is what they are. And it, it played out that way in 2021, despite all the close losses. And it was set to play out that way again here in 2022 until Trev Alberts pulled the plug.
1: If and you want to move forward. If you want two specific examples, too, already this year of just pulling the lever at the wrong time with aggression, like when to do it, when not, you can go both ways with it. Northwestern, obviously, the onside kick. And then last night against Georgia Southern, I was beside myself. Yeah. in that, <laughs> that, was,
0: that was as, uh, like, not emotional, but that's, like, as reactive as I've seen you in a press yeah. box on a coaching
1: decision. I could not believe they did years. not, in that game, I could not believe he did not go for fourth and a foot. I don't think Georgia Southern stopped them all night running the ball for a yard, you know, with Anthony Grant. And I understand if you don't get it, you're in deep doo-doo, but you already were in that. And they gave up. I know they got to stop, but that doesn't matter. They, they they still gave up one possession in a game like that. Anyway, that's a point of not being aggressive when he should have. Then he was aggressive when he should have against Northwestern. And that's that goes back to levers that were pulled the wrong way. Um, guy who really wanted it. He wanted it to work out so bad while he was here. And I think everybody was so fired up four or five years ago that this was going to take off. And there was a lot of confident things said right off the bat. And it, it, it's really one of those stunners that it just went the way it did to me. I I could have never envisioned, you know, maybe some struggles, but 16 and 31 in the media guide for the rest of time is just, something you could have never put your mind around when he was hired. I,
2: w- I was going back to, as I often do, what Trevor Albert said um, at big 10 media days in Indianapolis, when he was kind of asked, you know, what, it was the metric question. What are the metrics? What do you want to see? And he talked about, he wanted to see well-coached football. He wanted to see efficient football. He wanted to see, you know, guys playing with passion, all that stuff. And I mean that, that that's where it kind of comes down to is you just didn't see it enough. There there was never the efficiency, there was never the discipline. Um, you know, I think Nebraska fans are, are generally smart football fans, and it shouldn't it shouldn't look as difficult to to make happen as it has the last four plus years. I mean, that's that's really what it gets down to for me is it it's it just was like dragging a boat anchor around some weeks. And it it just really didn't need to be that way. All
0: right. That'll, uh, that'll conclude a quick podcast from us over here at Husker 24 seven. Be sure to stay on the website. The next few days, we're going to have plenty of coverage. Trevor Albert speaks again at three o'clock today. We'll have coverage from that. We, we already have stuff up, uh, you know, as it relates to recruiting, we'll be checking in with the commitments throughout uh, the next few days and, and targets and everything like that. And then, you know, You're still only in game four. There's a lot of season left to be played. It's it's hard to imagine, but Nebraska has a game next Saturday. And Mickey Joseph is going to be the one leading the team out of the tunnel. It's going to be fascinating to see what that dynamic is like. It's going to be fascinating to see how Nebraska shows up and how those guys play. Because I I think they have an offense where they can still be really competitive. Uh, Perhaps the defense can find it to to, to sort of turn things around this season. But as always, Husker 24-7 is your place for that coverage. Get to husker247.com and uh, stick around because we're going to have plenty of coverage now and through this whole thing, regardless who the next coach is going to be. For Michael Brutz and Brian Christofferson, I'm Mike Schaefer. We'll catch you next time.
1: Rise and shine, football fans. This is Susanna Fuller from Morning Footy, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Galatto Network covering the breadth of the global game. Join me, Nico Cantor, Charlie Davies, Alexis Guerreros, and guests every morning for the perfect blend of news, analysis, conversation, and exclusive interviews. If you love soccer, then look no further. We've got you covered for Europe's top five leagues, the W Gold Cup, the Champions League knockout stage, CONCACAF Nations League, NWSL, MLS, Transfer News, and much more. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Subscribe
0: to Morning Footy.